0: Lauren, we just wrapped the show for the day with El Frijolero, Steve Sando. Well,
1: wow, it's nice to have him back here.
0: Yeah, fun, fun show. But I realized something that was on my mind. I didn't get to ask him. We just ran out of time. Now that I've become a bean cooker in my own right, what are the acceptable methods and what maybe he prefers? How to cook them, like in a traditional pot, a clay pot, an instant pot, pressure cooker, and just our luck he happens to still be right here maybe we
2: can get his thoughts quickly oh lucky day hey I think there's no wrong way to do it personally I prefer a clay pot because I like making things difficult for myself <laughs> but an instant pot or a pressure cooker means you get them really fast but they have kind of a dead water so after you cook them I'd let them simmer open for about 20 minutes I'll concentrate the flavors a little or and let it breathe like aerate, just like the one oh, because oh, okay. there's no got it yeah and evaporation but really uh you boil them that's the secret and then sooner or later they cook so there's everything else is nuances and if you're cooking them you're way ahead of the game too because also with canned you know you have to rinse them to get the muck off them so that's not appealing whereas when you make them yourself you have that delicious bean broth they're a little
0: slimy and I love the bean broth I learned that yeah. last time here the bean liquor yeah. or the Hot pot liquor, liquor. Yeah, pot liquor. Yeah, that's exactly. it now with an instant pot type pressure cooker type thing I've noticed some of the more delicate beans just
2: disintegrate, though. Yes, but you know, Deborah Madison, the famous vegetarian cook, she does 20 minutes under pressure, a slow release, which takes about 15 minutes, and then 20 minutes open, still cooking. So still within an hour of thinking about it, you have beans, but it's not quite so instant.
0: That's the tip I was looking for right there. Thank you, Steve Sando. More with
1: him, the whole show, in fact, coming up. But, Lauren, what do you have to say? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is available at Judshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's right.
0: Visiting info is there. We love to have folks come by, visitors to the valley, our neighbors. Go online while you're looking for the visiting information and you will find, well, our our quirky videos, the other experiences that we have, such as our bottle blending day camp and our wine and food and balance seminar, as well as uh, wine
1: put some wine in your shopping cart. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. <laughs> That's absolutely true Thank you very much You get an even better deal on the wine And
0: invitations to all kinds of fun events, parties, what not it's, like it's like a fun social club with wine And also while you're online looking for something lovely to drink Look for something lovely to eat at RanchoGordo.com as well
2: What do you say? That's open 24 hours, right? That website? <laughs> it is at our store on Yohomi, 1924
1: Yahomi at Jackson here at Napa Fantastic Well what do you say? Should we start the show? Let's do so Everyone's a fingle friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show No sales script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay A marvelous date, it's hard to say I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc It's a must-have on the podcast It's Judd's Napa Valley Show Easy, the a- Easy. You can't ease this flow If I elaborate over a Cabernet My buddy's the truth You should study my man Juddy And learn something new <laughs> now, live from the 1440 KVON studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, celebrating five years on the air, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Fingleside. Uh Thank you very much,
0: Mr. Lauren Mole. It's a pleasure to be here. Five years. It would have been, yesterday was the actual date. So we're, we're pretty close to being exactly five years. Five years in one day, we've been wow. doing this.
1: Well, congratulations, Jack. Can you
0: believe it? Or I guess uh, I've been doing it, not to sound self-centered, but uh, the show just wasn't quite complete until you came on board uh, just a few weeks later. So we're coming up on your five-year anniversary. We'll ha- Maybe that's when we'll have our big fifth-year anniversary show. Sure. I think that's a good idea. What have you been up to?
1: Well, the big day is almost here. This coming Friday, March 16th, Oracle Arena. Everybody's a Star will once again be singing the Star Spangled Banner, for your NBA champion, Golden State Warriors.
0: Fantastic. Tickets available, I would imagine. Yes. Can folks find more information at everybodystar.org?
1: Yes, or or the Golden State Warriors website.
0: Oh, of course that. But, you know, I try to try to send a little business your way because this, this is an organization that you are uh, involved in. Would you
1: like to mention what they do? Well, Everybody's a Star is a nonprofit-based organization based in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals like myself Showcase our talents and broadcast quality music videos.
0: And if you go, dear listener, to the website, which I just mentioned, once again, everybodystar.org, you can see our own Lorne Mole, his handsome face, his stylish look in that white, uh, it's like a tuxedo jacket, right? It is. Man, you're looking good. All over uh, Northern California in these different settings, singing, I just... Haven't met you yet. That's right. <laughs> Michael Bublé.
1: But here's a suggestion. Just wait okay. until after the show.
0: Oh, is that right? Yes. You, you don't want people to... Not while we're on the air. Oh, this show. I thought you meant at the at the Warriors. No. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Not now. You want to listen to this show. This is going to be a good show. We We got stuff planned. Sort of. Right. It's going to be fun. It is. <laughs> one way or the other, it's going to be a yeah, good so time. We're,
1: we're looking forward to Friday. So,
0: uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? Oh, boy. Well, uh, you know, things are cranking at the winery. Still very proud of our rating as the number one specific thing to do on TripAdvisor is uh, visit Judd's Hill. I say specific because the first one or two things actually say uh, go wine tasting or take a tour but then after that as far as a specific thing it's go see Judd's Hill and I'm very proud of the customer experience that we have developed there and the hospitality and the different programs you you can come have a wine tasting in our beautiful tasting terrace sit down We we don't even have a tasting bar everybody gets to sit down relax, enjoy we get to chat a little bit know each other we do our bottle blending day camp where folks come in and actually create their own cuvee which they can then leave with, bottle it up that day and go home. And we have our wine and food in balance seminar. I hate to call it a seminar. Seminar sounds like it's going to be a boring thing, but this is a class, although I don't know if that sounds much better, but it's, it's really fun is what I'm trying to say. And it's about 90 minutes. And through that, you learn to, um, well work with the flavors of wine and the flavors of food and, and how they play together and interact. And you'll leave with all the confidence you'll ever need to, uh, host a dinner party or a gathering where wine and food comes together. It's, it's tons of fun. So proud of that. Coming up on the last call for our Mississippi River cruise, I may not mention it again. Well, I might mention it again next week. Oh, go we'll ahead. See. Uh, uh, the Juds Hill Mississippi River wine cruise is coming up the middle of April. In fact, uh, about a month, April 15th through the 23rd. I think we actually leave the 16th, but I'm planning a party the night of the 15th in New Orleans. We leave from New Orleans. We cruise up to Memphis. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Excursions along the way, wine drinking opportunities. I'll be talking about wine, making some presentations. We're actually going to do one of our bottle blending day camps on the boat. Not people, bad. people there will be able to blend their own wine as well. It's it's just going to be a great time. I like Visiting that. A little slice of Americana as we Float up the Mississippi on the world's most opulent paddle wheeler, I'm told. So that's what I've been up to. I think we ought to... Let's get started here. We got, we got a show to do. We got a, we oh, got we a guest that's got things to say. Sure. But I want to talk to you. I want to find out what he's got going on.
1: Okay. So please, Mr. Lornmoor. Oh, sure. <laughs> With this guest, we've got one in the can, though. Now, years later, we want to see what he's done in that span, so... Welcome back to the scene, the king of all beans, El Grand Frijolero, Steve Sando. Steve Sando, Rancho Gordo Beans. Welcome back to the show. I feel
2: right at home. Thank you so much.
0: That's <laughs> great. We had you here. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's been about four and a half. It's
2: been that long. It's been you about feel four. Like and and I just did it.
0: I know. That's I know. It, it seems like no time has passed, and 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 uh, it was actually four and a half years ago. I think. Wow. I know. That I know. I've got nothing to say. Oh, okay. Well, then, no, Lauren, about. let's let's go back to you. No,
2: it's shocking. Let's see.
0: Can you talk right into that? I'm sorry. I'm not. I want to make sure you're on. I'm working the board here. I'm still not okay. a tech genius.
2: Yeah. So, anyway, yes, I'm happy to be back. Is the seems like we're good. Yeah, I think right. we're... I think we're <laughs> I'm
0: hearing you a little better now. Yeah. But welcome back. Now, it's good to have you. I, I did realize this was going to be my fifth anniversary doing the show, and so I gave some thought. I wanted to save the big blowout, which you can be a part of as well. Right. well. We'll talk to you about that, but... Until we get to Lauren joining the show. So we got about a month. Okay, um, But I wanted to think, in the five years that I've done this show, how have I progressed, changed, developed as a person? And I identified some points. And probably the biggest change in me as a human came about because of having you on this show. This is true. You have been heavy burden. Yes, you you have no idea how your influence has shaped my being. Wow! And being, b e i n g, not to be confused with the way you have changed me is I now have a completely new outlook, appreciation, and admiration for beans. B e a n. Yeah. Yes. So I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. Now that. I do I do pretty much well I do most of the cooking at home and I've been able to incorporate beans in ways I never thought possible in my life and different types of beans and 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 the discovery of the the varieties of beans and the different you know flavors and textures of the beans. I, I could go on and on but you're here so why don't you go on and on Well I was great boat when yeah. I
2: first started I liked beans and I grew up in the Bay Area and we had taco night instead of macaroni and cheese night And the beans were always my favorite part, but I wasn't, as obsessed, and I started gardening here in Napa, and then uh, I think, Rio Zappe, I think I've mentioned this before, was the one bean that got me excited. It's like, oh, this is like the pinto I love, but it's much more interesting. It's complex, there are hints of chocolate, hints of coffee, and then I got obsessed. And this is, I'm sure I've said this before too, but we're... Really great with balsamic vinegar and European wine traditions and really interesting European cheese. But our own food are these indigenous plants, mm. these beans, and we don't know what a Rio Zappe is. And yet we could probably name a vinegar from Italy. Right. So, I, not that there's anything wrong with the vinegar from Italy part. Not a lot at all. of us come from Europe, but. Not everybody, and this is our own indigenous food, and I think it should be part of our culture.
0: And you have certainly made it so. And anytime I go into your shop, Rancho Gordo, here in Napa, mm-hmm. um, on your home, sometimes you are there yourself. If you're not, you have an amazing staff who can take you through all the beans, and they talk about it like they're talking about wine. You know, this has this uh, flavor profile and this texture, and best used if you're making a cassoulet or if you're just Whatever, making a little stew, or if you're just gonna simmer up some beans and eat them on their own, this is the one you want. They'll steer you in the right direction. I think is super and, cool.
2: And it's because they're all cooks too. Everyone who works there, oh yeah, loves the product that cooks with it. So, and almost everybody came from, no, I have a couple of beans I like, canned aren't so bad, and then they work there and suddenly you just get obsessive. You want to become a bean expert. <laughs> it's true, bean freaks. I think is what and you bean co- freaks. Yes. And, and
0: folks, you know, we're not going to talk too much about Steve's background. Um, Only because we covered that in the last show. So if you want to scroll back in the iTunes store for the podcast, it was October of 2013. Was the last time you were here. So innocent. I know you haven't changed a bit. (laughs) bit. Still young and innocent. Yeah. So I thought today we're going to talk about beans. I want to talk about your new book, but I just want to just talk about just enjoying life. It's been a rough week in Napa Valley, and I struggled with coming in, like how to approach this show. You know, I already had you lined up, and then, you know, some tragedies have happened. Well, one very big tragedy, um, unheard of in Napa until this point, up at the Veterans Home, and and I wasn't sure how to approach the show, because I know it's getting a lot of coverage. What could I add? How do we talk about it? Um, There are a lot of folks talking about it, so I thought, you know what? I'm really glad Steve's coming, and I just would like the focus of this show... Being mindful of what we've gone through in the past week, but let's talk about enjoying life. Mm-hmm. You know, you are one of these folks who I perceive as a bon vivant. You know, you get out, you see the world, you enjoy life. So let's let's can we make that the focus? Of course. Like life no, is no. as we are unfortunately reminded of this this week. Uh, life is uh well it can be short, and you know the, the unexpected can um, tragically affect a community which we have um, experienced. So I don't I, I don't even know how to transition now, but I, I would like to talk about now enjoying life so that that, that, that we can make the most well, sure. of our and, time here. And believe it or not, beans have become part of that for me because of you. So you really have inspired me in this, no, in this I respect.
2: That. I mean, part of the problem <laughs> is you want to acknowledge what happened and yeah. not be cold. And if people don't know, I before Yonville happened, I had just... I was very upset by the Florida situation. Yes, yes, And my son goes to New Tech, and about a month before that, this is where it all started for me, was they had a lockdown because of the shooting at... There was a shooting at Starbucks, and all the high schools were in lockdown. Yes, very close by. And he had a friend who had a service dog who was making noise, and he was afraid the service dog was going to attract a killer. And I just don't think a high school kid... They should be worrying about whether Brenda's taking them to the dance or what Susie's going to wear. Worrying about... A service dog attracting a massacre is really awful. So that's where I got started with this. It does
0: put a bit of a crimp in the educational experience, sure. doesn't it? Sure. Yeah.
2: And then Florida happened, and then unfortunately now Yonville's happened. So just if, as a quick background, I won't dwell on this. But yeah, we yeah. have been using FedEx, and unlike other companies, FedEx has agreed is still partnering with the NRA, and I don't want to go. I just want to stress this isn't a Second Amendment issue. I think there's many responsible gun owners, and I, who are not represented by the NRA, and it's strictly an NRA issue for me.
0: Well, I read your, I read the article about your front page in the paper, yes. y- about you and your decision. And you know, I, f- I thought you were, you put some good thought into it and expressed yourself well. You weren't trying to make a political statement as far as the Constitution or the Second Amendment. This was just you. Having a beef with a certain company and expressing that as a business owner. Yes,
1: because
2: I think in the end, even probably extreme NRA members, we all want to end gun violence. The question is, how do we get there? And we can't even discuss it when the NRA has a stranglehold on Congress. So I want them out of the conversation, and the rest of the grown ups can get together and figure out what we can do. And that's really my stance. And I am not smart enough to even say what to do. I can't even <laughs> say whether we should do this or that, but hmm. I do know we can't have a grown up discussion without with the NRA in the room. So that's and, and really how's my how's stand.
0: the response been because you mean as a small business owner you it all filters through you. So was, you, there are not layers, layers, layers and layers of management. It's like yeah. if people have a beef with this or they support you, you're hearing about it. And how mm-hmm.
2: what was the reaction? I would say it's 98% positive, which yeah. I was absolutely shocked. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are negative, there are a few trolls, but then there've been some really interesting back and fours by being civil and discussing it. Oh. Like, we're like grown ups. It actually again. sparked discussion it with did, people who might not have
0: your point of view, but you're able to just talk it out.
2: And I came to the conclusion, and I think they might have too, we all have the same goal. We just are not agreeing on how to get there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think if that's where we start, I think that's a huge plus. So yeah. you know, I, I just that's my stance. And I also, <laughs> as a business, I'm very, I just feel like I had no decision. Like this is something I had to do, but I also don't want this to be my reason for being. Like I don't right. want, I really want to talk about. When do you salt your beans? We can't. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying in general, this thing seems to be gaining steam. And yeah. I think it's because we all feel so helpless and we want to do something. But really, I'm more qualified to talk about you know, Mexican movies from the 40s. Than <laughs> and I would like to talk control. about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I am glad to hear that you have
0: had discussions, civil discussions. Yes. And it, it reminds me, one of my, one of my dad's best friends... When I was a kid, fishing buddy, they used to play poker together, go out bass fishing together. He'd come back and tell me how the two of them, kind of like what you said, they both agreed that this is the direction the world should be in, but they couldn't have been more opposite, you know, politically and how to get there. But they had this great bond and they were such great friends because they could just enjoy the day together. They could talk it out. Kind of get to see each other's perspectives, and it did
2: not hamper their friendship, which I thought was really wonderful. No, and so as you're approaching someone <clears throat> who has the opposite view, keep in mind we yeah. really do have the same goal. Yeah, really, no one wants gun violence, especially against innocent kids. Yeah. So, with that accepted, then you can have discussions. So, that, that's where I, that's that's where I got this week. But it's been a rough week, and then having Phil having right after that was just really too much.
0: It's it it, it is much, and it is being talked about, and. We, before the show went on, we said we weren't going to dwell on this because mm-hmm. today's show is about enjoying life. So, Steve Sando, when do you salt your beans?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone always wants, my secret to cooking beans yeah. is, and in case you don't, people don't know, we do heirloom beans. So, those are beans yeah. that are indigenous to the new world that are generations old and they tend to have more interesting flavors. And uh, we keep everything fresh. Our goal has been two years that we don't have a bean that's over two years. But we sell so much, we actually don't have anything over one. Whereas sometimes you can go into a grocery store that doesn't sell a lot of beans. And they can be seven, even older, years old. And they take longer to cook. But with our beans that are fresh, I always think I put them in plenty of water. I don't salt right off the bat. Bring it to a really hard boil for about 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. I would say. And then I turn it as low as it will go. And then there's a point when they stop smelling like, if you've seasoned them with vegetables, like aromatics, carrots, and onions, all of a sudden they start smelling like beans. That means we're ready to go. And that's when I salt them.
0: Okay, that's when you throw them in.
2: Statistically, though, it makes no difference.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's just, but that, no, this is your style. You are the king of all beans, El Frijolero, the man behind Rancho Gordo beans, the world's favorite bean supplier. <laughs> we want to hear when you salt your beans. Let's just, okay, a, a bit of background, if folks not don't scroll back to October 2013. Rancho Gordo came about. We we don't have to get into all your whole background, but the idea is to have these heirloom beans, these indigenous to different areas, either in Mexico, some other places in the New World. You even get some from Europe, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you yourself go down to Mexico and you meet people who can grow these beans and you set up a... Uh, a business with them basically you yeah. you be, go into partnership you you it seems like you you're very fair about this you approach cuz you want them to be sustainable in their farming and you 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 pay them well they hold on to the seeds as well but they supply you with beans and
2: But I have to say 70% of our production is California mm. so people think we just bring beans in from Mexico so I have to stress we're okay. using old-timey farmers from the Central Valley who are just think I'm nuts. And then I know we keep coming back year after year and we keep growing. So it's, that's really fun. Well, oh, so you go collect seed beans in Mexico and bring them here? Pretty much. The, okay. Each bean has a different story. I'm but, sure. But and you can d-
0: hear them when you go to Rancho Gordo because everyone there knows the whole <laughs> yeah, story yeah. of every bean.
2: No, but most of our production is California. Okay. And, and as a native Californian, it's important to me that California ag continues to be strong Good. and not just chasing any trend. So we, year after year, we've grown about 10 to 15 percent every year since we started. But the Mexican beans we, I used to, my idea of a good time is to go to Mexico and go to a farmer or a mercado and try and find unusual beans, which is really easy to do. And I used to try and buy the seed there to bring it back, but it's considered really offensive in Mexico. Like seed is what you have and no one can take that away from you. And usually they've wow, I grown them. So I didn't realize I was sticking my foot in it. And uh, we finally have a business situation with a company called Shashok and we now work with small farmers in mexico and we buy they tell us what they're growing and uh, that's what we bring back because they said oh no we'll grow anything you want and i thought that is something we possibly could do but i would really rather keep that here in california Mm -hmm. i wanted to do something that's culturally relevant to them like if suddenly we asked for Zappe beans that aren't part of that region of mexico we're dictating too much
0: yeah and it kind of muddies the story it, it does. And I think that's yeah. very important. You know, me being uh, in the wine business, I know so many people connect with us at Jud's Hill. I mean, the wine is good, but, you know, there's 500-something wineries in Napa Valley. Nobody's making bad wine. Of course, there's stylistic differences. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, people like our wine but really connect with us and become, you know, our loyal customers because it's more of a personal thing. There's a story that they are connecting with, and I can see that happening with these beans, too. When I go to your store, I hear about, you know, the people who grow this particular bean and where it, you know, where it originally has come from. Uh, and, and I like that. And when I oh, eat it, great. I appreciate yeah. it so much more. Oh, that's good. It's it's, it's no, very cool. The funny
2: thing is you don't have to know anything and you just eat it and it's delicious. Sure. Or you could know it's from this weird village yeah. and this bean was completely obscure. And that's part of the fun, too. The funny thing is they, when we first started going, they're thinking this isn't going to work. They just knew I was going to. Give them a shoddy deal that we would come in one season and then dump them and it's been fun for there's a certain village in the state of hidalgo that has paved roads now not simply because, because of oh. us I, well i don't i don't know it, it, the scary thing is it doesn't take much like yeah. to help somebody and to do it that's culturally relevant mm-hmm. like if i went in and said let's make screws for auto parts or something and then closed it later i don't think that helps anybody Right, right, right. But so this, my, this
0: is letting them yeah. do what they've been doing, but getting exactly getting a living for it. I
2: mean, and, and I think we see this here and there. Uh, women, I find not to be sexist, but tend to land on their feet in tough times. And men really identify with their jobs. And if, mm. if for some reason times are down or whatever, it's really a hard for a guy to figure out what to do. Sometimes, so my goal is to create opportunities. And I think I think charities are great, and I think there's a role for them. But for me. My, I guess I have an inner libertarian in there somewhere, but yeah. uh, I, how do you create an opportunity so they can become business people? And so I I don't dictate what we're doing. They tell us this is what we have, and I decide whether I buy it. I give them market price, actually, which is fair, mm-hmm. but uh, we tend to come back. So my, my issue is opportunities. I think the Good. more people have them, the better we are, and I think that for me is a better way – time better spent than just donating to a charity. Well, that's fantastic. No, it's it's that old proverb
0: about, you know, give someone a fish and they'll eat and then teach them to fish and they'll eat for life lifetime. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I think it works, yeah. And you showcase what it is you do. Um, well, there's a few books out that feature. I have three. I'm yeah. i fourth. That's funny. So yeah. since, since last you were here, and this is actually relatively new, but you've brought the latest book for us to, to have a look at. This is the Rancho Gordon Vegetarian. Rancho Gordo. I said Gordon, vegetarian. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm like reading it all as one phrase. Rancho Gordo, vegetarian kitchen
2: by Steve Sando. And Julia Newberry, who's our actually... And she,
0: Julia Newberry, now that I can
2: see it. Yeah, yes. she's <laughs> our uh, general manager. And <laughs> okay. we, at the end of every weekend, would compare notes about what we've been cooking. Mm-hmm. And neither of us are vegetarians mm-hmm. at all. But I think a lot of people are trying to cut out meat as part of it. Yep. So my thing is... It, if it's a moral issue, I'm not interested at all. About it. You, you said
0: that on, I was listening to the last episode. Really I people are myself, not in, yeah. No, no. You just said people. You weren't talking about yourself. I you said people aren't into moral food. And I thought that was yeah. funny. I, I'm really not. As so, much as yeah. they talk about it,
2: they're just not that into it. But, but to me, if you make something fabulous, and, yeah. Oh, by the way, it's vegetarian or even vegan. I think that's the way you get people interested in that kind of food. But to say meat is bad or to put a moral slant on it, I think is really boring. Doesn't okay. doesn't me in the least.
0: So the point to make a vegetarian cookbook was not out of morality.
2: It was just you love... And, and slight pandering to the market. I think people are trying <laughs> to eat less meat. Lauren, don't you love his honesty? <laughs> I do. <deal>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we would love to sell books. But there, <laughs> yeah. these are just great things we wanted to eat that happen to have no meat in them. And, and the re- most of them are actually vegan, it turns out. But not oh, yeah. not consciously. It just... There's a great book out there called Cochina Povera, like The Poor Kitchen, and it's about post-war Tuscan cooking and Mm -hmm. how they would – had no food and what they would make up. And uh, it really taught me, can you pare it down? Can you pare it down and still have it be great? And with really good ingredients, you can. And uh, I think that was part of my influence as well. Because my tendency just, no matter what you do, put cheese on top, and you really don't have to do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't
0: usually hurt, but yeah, yeah there yeah. there's there some other flavors that could come out. So this this is the new book. Yes, the Rancho Gordo Vegetarian Kitchen. I'm gonna have to come over and pick up a copy because I've again I have become enamored of beans, and it's all because of you. I've said this over and over now. I feel like I'm I'm just gushing, but it's bizarre because I never thought that I'd give any thought to beans, but you've said that it, they've. There's like a cult following now. Bean freaks are a thing. People have gotten into beans. They want to talk about what beans they're eating and how they make them and with what. And everyone has their own method. And it's become like a,
2: a subculture. And I think also because it's not very mainstream, people feel like it's their uh, vegetable. They can own it. They own it. And mm-hmm. Do we have a bean club before? I don't think we did. So we have a bean club now, model after a wine club. So they get a oh. qu- quarterly package. Oh. And there's 2,200... Members, and there's a 700 person waiting list to get on it because we can't fulfill it. Yeah, so it's everybody's every you know company's dream. I was to about to this. rush
0: over and sign up, but yeah. my goodness, okay, you can get on the waiting list. and oh, it thanks. might work out.
2: But uh, thanks. It's it's really fun because we get smaller amounts. Like when I go to Mexico this last time, we had a farmer who had one bean called Florida Durazno or uh, peach flower, uh-huh. and he only had 2,500 pounds. So it's for us at this point, it's really not worth marketing. Something so small, but I thought, oh, we'll just give it to the club. A ton and a quarter is small. Yeah, isn't that something? What 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 do you need to satisfy your club? Well, that was what we did. We gave it to the Bean Club instead oh, okay. of marketing well, it in general. Oh, I see. I like, see. So, so. we need at least ten thousand pounds really to introduce wow. a bean. Yeah. I have to tell you, in the early days when I did the farmers' markets, if I did forty dollars, I thought, oh wow, this is really going to work. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, we're we're. we're we're, we're, we're not Nestle's, but we're uh, doing really well. You're so doing really okay. Happy. We got to take a break.
0: Sure. I'm sorry, but this is Steve Sando of Rancho Gordo Beans, El Frijolero.
1: This is this is fun. We got more to talk about. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. La, 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 la. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkle fun. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Juds Napa Valley Show. You're listening to Juds Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and streaming live around the world at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Lauren Mole. Our guest is Steve Sando, El Frijolero. The king of all beans. That's my own thing. I hope that's okay. But uh, works, Mr. Rancho yeah. Gordo, the man who has made beans exciting. I was about to say again, that but that. I just like exciting, <laughs> period. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, looks like you brought uh, a little something. We, 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 used to, we used to call this get your hands on Judd's goodies because mm-hmm. people would bring me some goodies and I'd like to give them away. Our district attorney... Was on and didn't care for that name so much. Our police chief was on. And was like you might want to consider, and they're all right. So uh, like Lauren it. and I were going. Well, yeah, I mean, for me. <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. I was naive. I said yes. Yeah. I've got goodies. I'd like you to get your hands on them. But mm-hmm. um, but Lauren and I will put our hands together. We'll come up with a little more uh, PC name. It's been explained to me how people might perceive that. So yeah. So all right. But you have
2: something. I have something for you. And okay. I was told it should be not completely related or something somewhat sure. obscure. So we, I, yeah, I went on a Jag. I hate Worcestershire sauce now. First, you hate it? Well, it's not the same as it used to be. They've added tons of sugar. Oh, oh I see. It's not as you. strong in the anchovy flavor. Yes. And I was the Lee and Perrins. Like, it's not what I remember. And then uh, I found out there's corn syrup in it now.
0: I, I am a big fan of the Worcestershire sauce. It is, you're right, it's a little sweet. And there there are certain restaurants I've been to that make their own and I yeah. almost always
2: prefer it. And, and I don't know why. I need to find get a recipe. the British one, it doesn't have corn syrup. Oh, it doesn't. No. Okay. There's a tiny bit of sugar, but it's not the same thing. Okay. So anyway, I went hard I looked hard and long and I finally found a woman in Texas who makes Lady Jane's Alchemy Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> so I brought you some of that. Wow. That's actually it's was made in it's actually dated and uh, let's see here. Limited edition.
0: Wow. Oh yeah. Hand uh labeled and dated uh yeah, two thousand Aged age 11 months,
2: it says. So even longer, actually. Wow. And so, um, it's very good. It's still not what I remember. So oh. I think the secret might be to figure out how to make it yourself. How to make Okay. But it is very good.
0: Well, if you have a tip on how to make delicious <laughs> Worcestershire, 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 Steve? Worcestershire is what sauce. they told me in England. Yes, yeah. uh, you can, uh, you know, send your recipe over to Steve Sando at Rancho Gordo. He'd, he'd love to yeah. find out.
2: And also, you can say Worcester if you're Worcester. That sounds that's like what the Brits do. Yeah. That's what they call it casually, anyway. So if you don't want to wor- wrap your tongue around that word, Worcester sauce.
0: Worcestershire. Anyway, listener, if you would like to have this. I assume unopened bottle. <laughs> yes, of, yes, <laughs> it is a small; it's 100 milliliters. Mm-hmm. Looks great, handmade in uh, Texas. Be the first to tweet. You got to use Twitter. Tweet. Well, we're not going to use that handle anymore. So just say, uh, you know, I want the sauce. Just tweet that. I want the sauce. To use hashtag JNVs for Judd's Napa Valley Show and put at Judd's Hill, and uh, I will see it immediately. The first one to do that can have this sauce, and I'll bring it <laughs> to the to the tasting room over at Jud's Hill on the south end of Silverado Trail, and it'll be there for you. You know, I would like to, if I could just, before we get back to you, I, I just want to mention something else this, uh, this weekend, I'm going to bring it back down a mm-hmm. bit, but this is really a wonderful person and should be acknowledged, but a dear friend, uh, not only of my family, but of many a Napa Valley resident and beyond, uh, really a fixture of the valley and an, an icon of hospitality here, we lost over the weekend. Walt Bells, who many may remember uh, for his, I think, almost 20 years as a waiter at Trevigny, kind of the the, the all star of the room there. knew everybody, everybody's name. knew what they liked to eat, knew what they liked to drink. The way he would describe dishes with his theatrical over pronunciation of the Italian names always made it sound and seem more delicious. He uh, he has passed away this 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 uh, weekend, and certainly a beloved Napa Valley character. He was an artist, an avid surfer, a great spirit, uh, and a very spiritual person. And sometimes I feel you know lacking in that department. But when I would be around Walt and hear him talk, I always felt uplifted somehow. That there was this uh, positive. Power somehow, you know, holding us all up, and I, I always liked to to bask in that when he was around. He he had he had an impact on me. He was the first one I ever saw to take a a young wine and say, "Oh, may I decant that for you?" And then we say, "Oh, sure." And he would just take the wine and turn it completely upside down and let it just chug. You know, it looked so vulgar, but just chugging into a decanter, but it worked so well to to let it open up. He, uh, I remember after. Well, I took a tour with him and my folks at the DeRosa Preserve many years ago. And he, being an artist, you know, had a lot to say about the different works mm-hmm. there. And then a few years ago, after my father passed away, he, we were sitting drinking something or other. And he said, you know, every time I pass DeRosa, they have this sign outside that said, Art Alive. And my father's name was Art. Oh, great. So he'd pass by there and say, you know what? It's true. Your dad is still here with us, still alive, and um you know, now I'll think of him as well. That the sign is not there at DeRosa anymore, but every time I pass by there I think of him telling me that, and now I'll think of him as well. So to Walt Bells, I know you are just catching some amazing lefts getting barreled somewhere up in heaven in your uh on your longboard and enjoying the heck out of it. I think he once told me that heaven to him would be a place where I think that Italian frizzante came out of the drinking fountains. So uh, of different levels of dryness, you know, from dry to sweet, whatever the next fountain would be. So I'm sure you're enjoying that very much, Walt. Steve Sando. Let's let's get let's get back to the enjoyment of life, shall we, well, man? No, but,
2: but I have to say that's really sweet yeah. you did—that that's part yeah. of life. So yeah. and I, sometimes we rush through them, and there's no right or wrong way to do stuff like that. So I think that's great. You had a yeah. tribute for him, just a great guy. He yeah. deserved a little recognition, and
0: he certainly got, He had so many stories which I could get into, and maybe another maybe another show. We actually, tried to get him a couple times here, and it, it never quite worked out. You know, before becoming El Frijolero, and I, I love this—that you were a DJ. Yes. Playing jazz and talking cocktails in Italy. It, this was a long time ago. It that 19, is so cool. 1988.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it goes back to like I think the opportunity thing. If there aren't any opportunities, you sometimes have to make up your own. And, yeah. Uh, I was listening. I was stuck in Italy. I thought I was going to work at one company, and I got there, and thought, oh, I'm not going to do this. So I went to the jazz station and just said, "I want to be on the air," and I was on within. A Week and how's your Italian? I it, mean, well, you... then it was non existent, so it was like oh. Charo speaking. <laughs> <Indian>. <laughs> okay, me, one for to know how it is possible to be on air, yes. Okay, but by the end, I was okay.
0: You're doing pretty well, yes,
2: cool. But and... now, my uh, I speak Spanish more, mm-hmm. and I speak a mixture of Spanish, English, <laughs> and Italian, and probably Pig Latin, <laughs> and uh, no one can understand me in any language, so it's a so throughout way.
0: all your travels in Mexico, like who's this? Uh, Italian, pig Latin yeah. dude.
2: And the thing is, the Italians will correct you. We're not in a mean way like the French, but they do correct you if you get the word wrong. Yeah. And, and God bless the French. There's no problem there either. Yeah. But the Mexicans never had will a just smile now. and like, they're just so happy you're even trying because so yeah. many people go down there don't even bother. That's so. good. And and right
0: now, I'm planning to go down to Mexico. I'm so and, excited. And I am you. too. I have not been to Mexico in years and years and I've never been to Mexico City. That's where mm-hmm. we're heading. Really, just a, I've just always had an interest in... Mexican history, culture, food, music, uh, the ancient sites. So I'm so excited to have this opportunity. But but um, necesito practicar mi español uh, antes de salir ¿Por <laughs> <laughs> porque <laughs> mi
2: español no es muy good. And <laughs> but come to Rancho Gordo because most of the staff speaks and yeah. they love their they get a kick out of us. Oh, I but you'll do you'll do fine. No, oh, no really, I'm
0: not too worried about it. But I would like to be a little. Mm -hmm. more conversational um are you still like doing any music i mean i don't know if you're djing nowadays you can dj right from your home on an internet radio station but are you still like in the music scene do you go out listen to music have cocktails is that still part of your lifestyle no you know it's funny (laughs) i uh so in 1988 i was
2: no one was really drinking cocktails but i loved old cocktail books yeah i've mentioned before my parents my mother was a little uh, Beach Bunny in St. Clemente. My father was a lifeguard, and they used to go oh. to Howard Rumsey's Lighthouse, and their MG. They were typical 50s California kids. And uh, so it's definitely been part of my background. So you're so Orange an Orange County guy. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I wasn't. Okay. No, you were Well, the, it, no one can know, so don't tell anybody okay. I was born Lawrence. in Los Angeles. <laughs> and then we moved up here almost immediately by the time I was born.
0: Okay. I think I revealed this, was it last week or two weeks ago, that... Lauren, also, please don't say a word of this to anybody.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no. Our little secret.
0: I, too,
2: born in Los Angeles. Wow. Hollywood, in fact. Cedars of Lebanon. Yes, me too. You know, and that was the what? same hospital, and uh, that's now at the Scientology building. Exactly. So, we so every time p- I see
0: a documentary on Scientology, I'm horrified. I was born say, there. Exactly, <laughs> yes. yes, I say the same thing. Yeah. No, they moved. They moved west and became Cedar Sinai. But yeah. So we're wow. Look at that. We entered Isn't the world in the same place. And it's the corner of Sunset in Vermont.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it, supposedly it was on the night of the Academy Awards, is the family legend. But Wait I've a never minute. really looked that up. 1960.
0: Okay. No, I know we've got. We're not the same year, but that's the same story with me. My yeah, my mom so is such funny. a fan of the Oscars, which were at the time always on a Monday night, that she held on to me yeah. <laughs> until Tuesday, and I was born on Tuesday, the day after. That's
2: funny. So are you in April? April fifth. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Okay, and not that funny. Eleven. How about that? Yeah. Okay, so we so got. Anyways, so anyway, so I'm in Italy. I really felt that jazz and cocktails were two great exports from the United States that I could share with those people. So I would yes. play mostly kind of West Coast jazz. But also, I love classic vocalists like Frank and Ella and mm-hmm. Sarah Vaughan. And in fact, Sarah Vaughan was always Sada Vogan, and that always <laughs> packed me up. <laughs> well, you know, you read it and you don't pronounce it. It's, no, and we yeah. say plenty of things wrong. Too. Sure. So, so no, and I, it was a lot of fun, and I still keep up with them. But I don't do anything now. I'm... It's hard to consume. I still buy CDs, believe it or not. <laughs> I think when I, buy, when I download something, I feel like I have a copy of it. I don't actually own it. And yeah, yeah. I am t- finding situations on things like Spotify where something I love suddenly isn't available. So I actually still do, like, purchasing things.
0: It's kind of nice to have the physical thing not only as a sense of ownership, but it, it often comes with the liner notes. And I really miss that. Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of folks talk about that this is not a unique point of view. But... I used to love sitting down, listen to a record on vinyl or a CD, and while I'm listening to it, reading through all the notes about Sure. I just, I, I love also, that. I don't
2: quite understand how you organize your music so that, like, I love flipping through CDs. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to hear this. Yeah. Anyway. It, it's A little more visual to me. But I do, but... I have to say, I love Mike Greensill, our local oh, yeah. piano player. and. Another unfortunate situation. Wesley just died. We, we did give her a little yeah. tribute the other week. But if I were to go out, I think it would be to see Mike. But I'm not going <laughs> but, go but out. But you don't. Right? <laughs> but if I were to, I think Mike would be who I'd go see. Mike
0: Mike's yeah. phenomenal, and he yeah. still has his regular gig at Silos and we want to support we're that. really lucky. Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned on the last show, and I was intrigued by this. I want to see if this ever did happen. You said that you've never tried this, but you've heard in Texas – that they uh, just make up some pinto beans and drizzle honey on it and eat it up yet, but you've never tried it. Have you in the four and a half years since giving this a shot?
2: I'm happy to say it. My life is complete. I have tried it. You've done it. Yes. And what do you say? I think the kids say whatever now, right? It was okay. like, oh, whatever. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> okay. it's all right. It's like I wouldn't do it again. Oh, I okay. would, uh, there's other things. You know, in Mexico, they have dulce de freehold, So there is like almost a pudding made with Ooh. beans that okay. makes more sense to me.
0: I'll look for that. You know, a lot of... um, You see it in Hawaii or at Asian markets around here, the sweet azuki beans served with shave ice or tea or things like that. It's a very different
2: bean, though. What do you think? It's nice, but I don't think you could do that with one of our beans. I think it really needs to be an azuki bean. Okay. You know, I don't think... One thing I wanted to talk about was the Marcella bean that I don't think had come out yet. Okay. So I I just have to tell you, I was going through the orders... And I'm seeing Marcella Hazan in Florida. And Marcella Hazan wrote the classic Italian cookbook. Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. So anyway, she's Morning. a very famous no, sorry. A very famous Italian cookbook author, Marcella Hazan, yes. and she wrote many, many books. And I'm thinking, she can't possibly be the one ordering. And so I look, and it was, it was her. Wow. So we became buddies, and we talked about Italian pop music from the 60s that we had in yeah, common, and we went back and forth. And I asked her at one point, what's the bean you miss most from Italy? And I assumed she'd say Zolfino, which is a real famous bean from Tuscany. She said, no, 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 I prefer Sorana, which is a, a really obscure bean. <laughs> so we spent quite a long time finding the seed, and then we actually planted it. And uh-huh. I was able to send her one um, really bad harvest, and she was happy. And then right as we finally got it down, she died, oh. which was horrible. So, uh, But we had a great crop. And so I asked her husband, Victor, if we could— call it the Marcella because of a Mm -hmm, terroir mm -hmm. issue. We didn't want to call it Serrana because that's where it's from. I see. But I thought Marcella would be appropriate, but she was also really adamant about not doing uh, promotional stuff. She never endorsed anything. It would just be nice to get clearance before you do something like that. Anyway, he said she'd love it and that she would uh, be honored to be named after a bean. So we have this wonderful bean called Marcella that I think everyone if you like Italian food is really important. What would you use it in? Well, on a, so, well, classically, you put it on toast. And then dri- you mash a few down, put a few more on top, and then drizzle your very best olive oil over the top of that. Mm. And the New York Times covered this. It was very really oh, funny. Okay. So we have this Marcella bean. And I just know there's so many Italian people here. I mean, Italian food fans. Yeah, that absolutely. Because it. it's interesting. These beans, a lot of them come from Mexico and Central America. But then the Italians took them to Europe and bred them. And Marcella is one of those. And it's almost gelatinous orbs. They're just... Really delicate. They're not for everybody because they're a little harder to cook. Because you cook them and you think, oh, they're okay, and then you cook them a little further. It's like, oh my, this is really good. Ah. And you cook them too far, and then you have pudding. All right. So that's oh, not, so it's just it's for someone who really a food freak would be perfect for that. Okay, yeah. good. The
0: marchella and are those available at the moment? Yes, we're, we had a good harvest this year. Great. You that's know they
2: wonderful. are a vegetable, and people get upset when we lose certain ones. You know, we ran out early or mm-hmm. but, you know it's just like wine i mean the crop's done and that's it you, you can't shake a tree and get more it's, no. you really have to plan this thing out so you must get some irate folks very irate because they don't that here in california especially the bay area we understand it's a crop mm-hmm. but i think most people just think you push a button or talk, the call the distributor and mm-hmm. you get it right but that's not the, the thought, way you too. do it
0: no. well there's so much i mean we're starting to run short on time and there's so yeah. much i still want to talk to you about about even cooking methods, you know, the pressure cooker versus the uh, old-fashioned just in a pot versus a clay pot. But we're not going to talk about that today. Okay. We're going to have to All come right. <laughs> back or extra podcast content. Who knows? Yes. But I want to mention, uh, along with the Rancho Gordo Vegetarian Kitchen, you also now have turned some of your classic Mexican movie posters into a postcard collection.
2: Yes, I don't do anything casually. So when I started <laughs> studying, when I started seeing these Mexican movie posters from the 40s and 50s, I got all excited. And so I have about 500 of them now, which wow. is a little And that's nuts.
0: really a fun part of visiting the store is yes, that they're yeah. up and you can see them and appreciate them. Sure.
2: And, you know, we have a lot of Mexican-American and uh, Mexican-born people who to come here and they don't get a lot of strokes for their culture beyond burritos, which really aren't their culture. right. So, right. To work in a place or to come visit a place that actually is celebrating something like this, mm-hmm. I think is kind of fun. But the posters are fun too, because they kind of reinforce some awful stereotypes and introduce new ones. And they're all, <laughs> they truly have a propaganda look to them. So they're, they're pretty fun. So we just made a little box with 25 postcards in them.
0: And those well. are available as well. What's the website? Folks can find you. RanchoGordo.com. RanchoGordo.com.
2: And our store's on Yahomi. We did close the San Francisco store, which was. The happiest thing I've ever done in my well, life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember a Facebook post. You seem pretty yeah. pleased with oh, that decision. Downward. So congrats. We won't dwell I, on it. No, no um, thank you. Now, last time you were here, we asked you a very sensitive question. We got a very honest answer. We appreciate it. So I'm not going to ask you again because we know the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So now I'll move on. All right. Don't ever bring it up again. That's right. We won't bring it up again. Yeah. No, the question was, do you go nuts for donuts? So we have some oh, donuts here for you. You went for the maple old-fashioned, so we got you another one of those. You also mentioned that your guilty pleasure is an apple fritter. <laughs> so we have oh, one of those for you as well. Uh, if you heart, want, man. there's a couple others. You can even have the whole box. I'm just going to give these to you as a oh, thank you gift you, so well. for being yeah, on the cause, show.
2: Because we both enjoy
0: health food. <laughs> Absolutely. And we are now going to move on to everybody's favorite party game here on Just. Napa Valley show
1: this is Madland
0: that's right Steve Sando you've done this once before we're gonna do it again you know how it's played I would like an adjective Uh, Harry. Harry. how about a like a state of being an emotion type thing
2: Mm -mm, paranoid
0: (laughs) paranoid all right Uh, another one of those well because the time change let's say exhausted exhausted it's tough I'm um, usually pretty good at waking up. I'm I'm sort of a morning person, but not the past couple days. All right, a oh a geographic location it could be any anywhere you can think that's a place.
2: Uh, Taipei.
0: Sound like Taiwan? Taipei, Taiwan. I just it
2: seems like a long distance charge to me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so
0: okay, a person in room. I'd say Lauren Moll. Lauren Mole. That's possible. Okay. okay. <laughs> An adjective. Thin. Thin. Another adjective. Plant. Plant? Bland. Oh, bland. I'm sorry. Bland. Another adjective. Let's go back to tired. (laughs) Tired. A theme here. How about a verb ending in ing? Uh, Satisfying. Satisfying. Okay, Steve Sando, El Frijolero de Rancho Gordo. Earlier, I was on the internet Did a little research about you and found this article from none other than the New York Times, which came out in February of 2017. Mm -hmm. It's about you, Mm. but you've rewritten a portion of it (laughs) right now via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Very few can claim the title celebrity bean grower, but Mr. Sando of Rancho Gordo in Napa, California is just that. He began by raising beans in his hairy garden <laughs> and was immediately paranoid mm-hmm. and exhausted by their high yield. <laughs> it sounds like a good problem. Well, I was going to say this is yeah. kind of true. This yeah. is like <laughs> ringing. To manage the overflow, he began selling them at the farmer's market in nearby Taipei. <laughs> Mr. Sandoz beans soon found their way into the hands of Chef Lauren Mole. That's beautiful. And the rest is history. Um now this is uh oh this is the author speaking in the first person. I'd never thought about why black bean soup is so much more savory than white or red, but Mr Sando knew immediately. This is your quote. Only black beans make that thin broth, yeah. <laughs> he said. Then they have that bland center mm. and tired satisfying flavor. <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> they they are really special, yeah.
2: clearly. <laughs> yes.
0: So, Steve Sando, we're just going to have to have you back again because we haven't even really barely touched on world travel and so much more about beans and cooking. You can tell I'm genuinely interested and I never thought I could be. So, I want to thank you for the inspiration. I'm so happy to be back. Making me a bean person. No, happy to have you here. We will have you back again. And um, in, enjoy the stay. I'm going to actually head over to Rancho Gordo in a little bit. I, I need beans. i to apple fritter is what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Well, time. there you go. So which bean quickly would go with that apple fritter, do you think?
2: I, I think a nice cup of water because you've <laughs> – I don't know. I, w- I probably wouldn't team them. But actually, you know, beans and wine, we should do that. Okay. And also because of your river cruise, I'm going to be thinking of Old Man River all day long. That song's a songworm <laughs> now. I got it in my You want head. to give us a little rendition no, while no, he no, signs off? No. no, I didn't. No, but I, I'm thrilled for you.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Steve. Great to have you back.
1: This is Lauren Bull speaking for Judd Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd Napa Valley Show.